Hey guys, and welcome to episode 254 of Built on Passion. I'm your host, Matt Delabuono, and this week we have on Canabrand's founder, Chris Lord. Canabrands is a CBD company that is made up of four distinct CBD experiences. Can I sleep? Can I boost? Can I mend? And can I fresh? All of these experiences are designed to help you get the most out of your CBD products. Throughout Chris's extensive experience in the business world, there's two things that for him always come first when building a successful company. Strong customer service and a problem-solving mentality. That's precisely the idea behind each experience, to give the customer a solution to the problem that they are turning to CBD to help treat. Not only does Canada Brands provide different approaches to common ailments, but they also offer options on how to enjoy your CBD products, tinctures, capsules, or even an oral spray, just to name a few. Having overcome some significant roadblocks, Canna Brands is now on track to be a widely recognized brand built on relationships and positive experiences. Having already been accepted by a ton of professional athletes and showing up in three quarters of NHL locker rooms, it's pretty clear that Canna Brands is onto something. In this episode of Built on Passion, Chris Lord shares his approach to customer service and marketing, how he built some poignant relationships, and what it takes to truly build brand identity. Chris, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Really look forward to the discussion and thanks for having me. Absolutely. Pleasure to have you on. I guess to start the easy one, who are you? Who's Chris Lord? Good question. Always a bit of an enigma with uh, friends, family, and everyone. You know, you know, I'm thrilled to be a co-founder of this business, CEO and chief cook, bottle washer, helping a great team do great things. I've you know, been in the industry for a while, but most of my background actually came from the corporate world working with great teams, people, scaling businesses, dozen years at Xerox, Oda University, learning sales, sales management, you know, learning how to coach and execute and get things done. And spent quite a while in large outsourcing IT transformation projects, multi-hundred million dollar transactions and taking companies and helping them enable their business direction. And was a management consultant partner at a management consulting firm, doing lots of big strategy thinking and working with really smart people. And you know, through that, learned a lot. And doing lots of delivery and IT and spent about six years on a global role, part of a global leadership team in a customer experience company. And that company was all about customer experience, call center, digital engagement, digital marketing, engaging directly between North American brands and household brands on consumer products. And that's the passion of engaging with customers and getting you know, really deep and helping brands and companies be successful on every moment of truth between the brand and the customer. We had some 60-odd thousand people around the world and doing great things and decided it's time to maybe do it ourselves with some friends, family, and let's create our own startup. So left the big corporate world, and that's a little bit of the background of where I've come from. It sounds like you kind of had every opportunity to sharpen your knives in like the business world in terms of like operations, things like that. Yeah, you know, it's about learning. It's all about the people you're around, you know, what gets you motivated, and even with the passion, you know, your language, right? It's with the passion of what you do every day, the people, the impact, you know, we can have being an individual contributor, a role manager, leadership roles, being accountable, coaching, hiring, training, screwing stuff up, making mistakes, <laughs> figuring out how to course correct actions is kind of what you learn. And working with great people is a fundamental principle of success long term and had lots of great experiences to drop on. And now you have your blank canvas that you've been building, which is Canna Brands. It sure is. And it's something you know, we're, we're excited about, we're proud about. 
We've come a long way in a challenging industry. We've got a long way to go. In early stages, people talk about the first inning, the first quarter, the first down. We're probably past the first of these, but certainly not anywhere near the end of the game. It's an industry, it's a space, it's a consumer-focused industry that's changing, altering, and thrilled to be in it. And I've earned all these gray hairs probably in the last couple of years. And hopefully I'll get a few more with the right people doing the right things and learning from our customers. Uh, We're pretty excited about what's ahead. For the listener who is unfamiliar, what is Canada Brands? You know, our company's got an interesting background, and I'll give you a couple data points on us and who we are. We're really an outcome-based consumer packaged goods product company. We get caught up in the words THC, CBD, and that's a premise and a background that's super, super important, but really not a big part of our strategy. A big part of our strategy is how are we helping our customers? And as a business strategy, when we did a whole bunch of consulting strategy, we did a pretty good assessment of the industry a couple of years ago and said, if we're going to be successful long, and it's all about the customer. And if you're focused on the customer, what is the actual problem they have that we can help them with? And as a company, we really did a lot of work. We looked at a lot of things. What does THC help with? What does CBD help with? But what else helps? What other nutraceuticals, vitamins, supplements? How do these things work better together, really form? potential solutions to help customers with global problems. And we looked at consumer goods out there and kind of over-the-counter type products and really started to say, you know, what's going on in the industry space? And we said, you know, what problems can we help? Things like sleep, customers, consumers, we all struggle with sleep. Americans, 50 to 70 million Americans go to sleep every night with sleep problems, sleep apnea, don't get through, wake up, can't get to sleep. That has a huge impact on your day the next day. And people are saying, how can I get a better sleep? Pain recovery. People are saying, how can I recover faster? How can I mend? How can I repair? How can I get back to high performance? What are the high performance maybe? Maybe walking in the park, maybe on the ice, maybe at the professional level, maybe the amateur level, maybe just kind of playing around with your kids in the backyard. How can I recover? People looked at a lot of anxiety space. You know, COVID's been a huge impact and driving those questions like, geez, how do I find support? Mental health is a conversation we all need to be having all the time. Anxiety, Mental focus is a challenge that we're all facing. And how can I find solutions related to that? Energy. How can I get enough lifting spirits? How can I get to the next level? How can I get a little extra edge? How can I? And those can I questions are really, really important. Because with our company, can I brands is all about just that. Can I? Not canna, not cannabis. It's about can I? Can I sleep? Can I mend? Can I boost? Can I sleep? Yes, I can. So together with the CBD products, the solutions for nutraceuticals, vitamins, additives, herbal extracts, developed four brands as part of a portfolio of our company called Kenai Brands. Kenai Brands is all about bringing forward next generation solutions in forms that help customers with global problems. And that's a little bit of the background to, you know, Kenai Brands, as we pronounce it and try to pronounce it in our marketing and strategy. And yes, I can. Yes, I can. I love that. You mentioned you're first an outcome-based consumer company. How can you say no to a problem-solving thing like that? It's not just a brand. It's a, it's a solution that makes sense. Yeah. Comes right back to the customer. So when you think about kind of this industry that you're in, let's call it the CBD industry for you know, broad messaging, but really the consumer, it's early stages. And if you look at kind of the industry and the space, most competitors in the earlier stage were focusing on a plant, a strain, 
a hill, a ground, a terroir, a guy, a gal, the best extractor, the best this, the best that. That's not what customers buy. And customers end up buying a product and a brand. And that's where we really wanted to focus on how do we create a brand promise of trust with our customers? Products will change, skew will change, form factors will change. We'll continue to innovate and get better. But the brands win the day. Can I Brands as a company is a name. That's not so important to a consumer. That's not so important to us. Can I sleep? Can I mend? Can I boost? Can I fresh? Those are brands. And that has to be the problems that we take to our customer. How do we help them with problems that they have and make sure they feel safe and trusted? So how did you come up with Canna Brands? Was it each individual specific brand within Canna Brands or did you start as just kind of like a catch-all? What, what was the process there? I'd love to say it was all perfect. We had it all figured out at the start and it was a very simple layup. That would not be true. You know, it's an evolution. You know, back to when we were looking around around the industry, a couple of years ago, every company was starting to name itself Canna something. And as we dug into that, we really wanted a distance from a long-term strategy rather than kind of focusing on the noise, the most trap of the day of cannabis is the, the be all to end all. And it's very, very good. And it's a space we're in and it's a space we're very proud to be in. But as we thought about kind of how does this come together and you start coming up with ideas and names and what's the problem, we really got to the, started to do very basic things. How do you get a trademark? How do you get a registration? How do you get a company name? We start to start put together words and word clouds and ideas and napkins and maybe a beverage or two involved with some smart people brainstorming. And we started to look at things and all of a sudden a light popped. Maybe it's not about can I at all. Maybe it's about can I. And that's just a little bit of the play on words that then draw the attention to some marketing stickiness. But it's also staying true to the plant and what the plant can do for us. So we didn't want to completely distance it from, but we wanted something that customers will remember. And then develop specific brands underneath the portfolio. I mean, different to what you call the company. You know, most products that you see, it's not about the corporate name. It's about the brand. What's it going to do for the customer? Is it going to work? Is it actually going to solve a problem? Will it help? And if you get that right with the ingredients, the formulation, the testing, the safety, then it's about how to become memorable. And then it becomes you know, our opportunity for us is now we got to take the name out to the world and convince everyone to give it a try. And you know we're pretty fortunate once people try our products, they love it and they come back, they keep buying again. That's a good testament that we're going to talk about, I'm sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. How did you develop your products? What was the first, I mean, I'd imagine the, the easy one is hemp oil. It's a great starting point. It's an, kind of can branch off from there. But what has been your approach to creating the lineup of products for each individual brand? Yeah, it, great question. And this is a race without a finish line. This isn't going to end today, didn't end yesterday, not going to end tomorrow. Product innovation, changes, alterations, introducing it has been something we've gone through a couple of generations, product in our short lifetime, we've got a lot more. At, at the premise when we started to your question was really to make sure to get as much input as possible from the outside in versus an inside. We got the most trap figured out. Let's go figure out how to sell it. We were very fortunate to have a number of outside parties get involved with our business really early that are thought leaders, innovators. Some of those were in product manufacturing that have been in selling and manufacturing hemp and THC products for years and years and years. You know, my brother being one of them, that's very much a forefounder and pioneer in the cannabis industry in North America. He brought forward lots of great ideas. We talked to some manufacturers in California. So we spent about nine months in California looking at different manufacturing groups. I looked at some in Colorado, looked in Arizona. 
one of the things we decided pretty quickly is it's really about the supplements, the nutraceuticals, the vitamins, the additives. And we found a PhD doctor that was educated over the UK, uh, spent seven or eight years studying at UCLA, doing research, about 20 years doing innovation, all with nutraceuticals and vitamins and spent lots of time with him. We got involved with some professional athletes that got involved with their business at day one and considered fundamentally founders and innovators of our early thinking. We started to develop prototypes and products. We knew we wanted to have different forms, different choices to the customer and have some things that are super unique, but also what the customer is buying. We knew we were going to have very traditional oils, as you identified, tinctures, sublinguals, people call them different things, kind of put under your tongue as an oil. We also wanted to have creams put on your body versus in your body to help with recover or pain relief. We have some really unique forms that we've innovated and brought forward. One of our sports people, a person named Andy O'Brien, we were very, very fortunate to work with Andy very early. And Andy is recognized across the, the National Hockey League, Professional Hockey League, as probably the absolute best sports condition, sports therapy, sports strategy, how to help athletes and individuals get to a high level, not only in hockey, but across swimming, basketball, football, multi-athletes. He grew up with uh, an individual named uh, Sidney Crosby, who's one of the recognized best hockey players probably on the planet and been recognized. They've both been interviewed in Sports Illustrated many times of helping Sidney get to where he's gotten to in his uh, very successful career, but dozens and dozens of other players. Andy got involved with our business on taking our thinking to the next level. How do we develop products that work for pros, but really are aligned and designed for the day-to-day consumer like you and me? We really got involved to product development. Andy spent lots of time with us. He went down to some of the labs. He went down to the manufacturing center. We did focus groups. We did trials. I still have some of the initial products from the first weight label products that we got from our manufacturer. What's the product feel like? Is it oily? Is it greasy? What's it smell like? What's the terpene? What's the group? How's how's a person going to use it? And we did all these focus groups with Andy. And that really made us smarter. Let's make sure we develop something that's going to be quality, going to work, and that'll win the day. And you know, thanks to him, to our doctor, our scientists, our manufacturing partners, our team, marketers, and our operations team, came up with some pretty cool things that we think are going to win the day in the long run. Would you say that joining up with professional athletes, like getting that perspective, was really a turning point where you you knew kind of how to shape it, how you wanted to, to approach these solutions? I think it gave us the catalyst to say, we've got to be great at the professional level and the day-to-day level, and let's not be a me too. There's lots and lots and lots and lots of products out there. You can buy them in any corner store, any grocery store. The world is changing and evolving and regulatory changes. Let's make sure we've got a great product. So having it directed to us by very high quality individuals that know what they're putting in their body. They've had coaching and professional people helping them all their career if we had their insight, hey, will it work for me? It'll work for others. And it'll certainly work for someone like myself. So that gave us the catalyst to be great. And that really aspired to what we were trying to do all along. So the, the product development, the innovation, the insight that we learned was very, very helpful. We kind of moved well beyond hockey into many other areas, but really wanted to focus on the consumer. Now that we're on the topic of hockey, I know that you guys are in three quarters of pretty much all professional hockey dressing rooms. First of all, how did you get to that point? Was it just one relationship led to another? What does that relationship look like? Yeah, you know what? It's an evolution. And it's fundamentally based on the premise of quality. I'd love to say we paid millions of dollars to get advertising rights, signage rights, branding rights. We don't have that type of money. <laughs> We're a pretty stall company growing evolution. You know, We got there through products at work, through relations to others. 
the three quarters of the NHL dressing rooms where guys on the ice are buying the product. They're buying it personally. They're not paid a cent. They're not paid influencers, marketers. We, we will not use their names in public. They go onto our website. They buy the products in confidence. They sometimes buy them with their family members, ghost names or otherwise, but we know who they are. Many of them text message us all the time, ask questions because they're looking for education and knowledge as well. Getting there was really through many different avenues. Andy was a pretty clear catalyst to you know open many doors and introduce us. And we're so thankful for his guidance and ability. And that's based on trust from him getting to the place to be in the dressing rooms. I've had a pleasure of being in some of the NHL dressing rooms, some of the training camps, talk to the players directly many times. You get that chance once. You screw it up and you let your ego get in your way and you get otherwise, you know, we want them to ask questions. We want them, they, they need a place to go to and ask because it was an industry that was evolving a couple of years ago and it's going to continue to evolve. And Paul Bissonnette was a huge another founder of our business. Paul is the founder of a podcast called Spinning Chicklets that many of the hockey world would know quite well. It's absolutely the number one sports podcast in North America. We did lots of work with him and he got involved with the business very early. We did lots of readouts and chats on their podcast, which was early, early stages. And Paul is a big fan, big supporter, and that raised the, raised the elevation. We got involved with the ECHL. When COVID hit, we were the first organization to write a check to charity to support the players that were put at risk together, their families, when COVID hit a little over a year ago. We got involved with helping all across the league. We got involved with a nonprofit organization called Athletes for Care, helping athletes post their career, be successful beyond it, and got involved with taste tests and using our products and testing our products and giving us advice and guidance. As word spreads, if you got a product and it works, it'll spread by itself. To date, we haven't spent one cent to one player in the NHL, and we don't plan on. We're going to be focused on let the word spread. Every week, I get an email, a text message, usually a personal call from one of the players. Say, hey, I'm talking to my buddy in the dressing room. He's asking about sleep problems. And I was telling all about, can I sleep? And can you send him a couple samples? He'd love to try it. And here's his home address. You know, that's based on trust. That's based on an organization that says, we're going to be really, really focused on quality, really make sure the products work. We're going to have values that are based on a long-term gain versus trying to get a quick win and raise all kinds of capital. It's about being successful in the long run. And that's a little bit how we've been successful so far. Do you have to spend much time on education, just kind of relating the products to your consumers, or is that something that's pretty easily absorbed? What does that look like? Yeah, good question, Matt. Education is critical. Last year in the uh, in the U.S., lots of surveys out there of all the consumers that bought CBD products last year, just over 50% were buying for the first time. Peel that back a little bit. It tells us that people are trying. They're looking at it. How do they get educated? How do they get knowledge? These are new consumers that are coming into this industry. People that are looking for alternatives to sleep aids, to opioids, to pain problems, to anxiety, to energy. And they're looking for solutions that they may not know exist. So the education of what's in the product, is it safe? There's lots of FUD out there, fear, uncertainty, doubt. There's lots of BS out there. There's lots of variants of quality products. Anyone with a barrel and a pot and a little bit of oil can cook up a home batch of something these days, put a sticker on it and try to sell it. In the long run, we don't think that's going to be successful. Same as you don't go traditionally go to a distillery in the back of the woods anymore and buy your beverage of choice. You go to a a little bit more qualified place. That's that's where the industry kind of still is that, you know, anyone with an idea can launch a product. That's great. Getting into retail stores, getting to the quality, getting it tested, independent tested, providing all that insight, the knowledge, the coaching to consumers 
is super, super important. And that's why we use kind of professional athletes. We talk lots about hockey, but many others like Dara Torres, who is our chief wellness officer and spokesperson. Dara is critical for us. She helps us just like Andy helps with many of the men and women involved with the business, giving us ideas, formulations. Is it going to work? Dara helps to raise the visibility. Most celebrated female Olympian of all time. Been to five Olympics. Won a gold medal in 17 and back on the podium when she was 42. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Having her as a you know ambassador for our brand or chief wellness officer, it's not about money. It's about she's a shareholder. She's involved with the strategy, where we're going, helping us raise, elevating, involved with carrying that. If it works for Dara, if it works for professional athletes, works for professional rugby people, works for the NFL people, most importantly, works for thousands of customers all across America. But we've got to educate them, provide knowledge, engage in conversations, provide thought leadership to let them come to an informed opinion. It's also got to be great having someone who, I mean, it's an extreme, no doubt, but looking for CBD as wellness, knowing how to approach it, what problems it can solve. And at that point, for anyone who's dealing with some lesser ailments, you can easily be like, oh, okay, this will work in an extreme condition. This will definitely help you out. You have that like clear perspective. Yeah. I think we got to be careful because there's not a mousetrap that works for everybody. Different problems, different times of day is a big part of our messaging. So we often think about what product, what form, what type, what ingredient, what dosage, what else, how do these things work together without what else is going on with your body? Every individual is an individual for a reason. So we can't say, hey, this is the answer that's going to solve all your sleep problems. It can't. In the long run, that's not fair. What we can say is there are different solutions, different dosages, different strength, different form factors. One of the things we tried to develop was a way to really allow our customers to guide them to solutions to what the industry might call self-medicating. Just like if you go to pop a pill, it's you know, how do you take a quarter of a pill, a fraction of a pill, a third of a pill? You take six pills. I don't know. Allow a form to really evolve. And that's where we're really excited about our oral spray product line. Really unique, very different, fast acting, couple sprays you know, under your tongue, in your mouth, very much designed for the on the go. Whether you're walking in the woods, on the kayak, hiking trails, biking, whatever it may be, let's design a product for them at the moment they're going to want to use it. Versus what the industry normal is with a tincture and an oil. Go over to the mirror, get out of bed, walk over, turn the lights on, find the darn thing, unscrew the cap. So how do you put it under your tongue? How many drops do you put in? Oh, it's dark. So you're going to turn those lights back on again a second time, you know, hold it under your tongue for a while. That's a pain, you know, that long haul may not be the number one form. So at least the number one form today because it's the de facto standard, but it's evolving. You know, gummies, bars, chocolates, candies, all that kind of stuff are evolving. They have their own opportunities and challenges. We think the oral spray is super unique, on the go, fast acting, easy. And then to the personalization that we talked about a few minutes ago, it allows you then to microdose. And microdosing is all about adjusting. You know, back to you, how do you take that half of a tablet? How do you take half of a capsule? Well, if the spray is designed to take eight sprays on your tongue, you want a little bit more, take 10, take 12. You want a little bit less, take six, take four. Oh, you want to start slow and grow, see how it's working. Not everything's perfect for everybody. Customize, change, alter. So the can I sleep line, the can I boost, can I mend, can I fresh, all come in this unique form that allow a choice together with traditional forms of oils, tinctures, gel caps, creams, bombs, but it's really allowing the customer to engage what's right for them and really make it a personal choice. I really haven't seen anything like that spray. 
And I feel like at that point, it's for what you're exactly what you're saying is, you know, people talk about what one dose is, what one serving size is, and, you know, it makes a ton, ton of sense. People are different sizes, shapes, you know, their body reacts differently. So it, it kind of opens that up for uh, possibility. What works best for you? Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. It's kind of, you know, one of the things about we are talking put ourselves in the customer shoes. When are they going to use the product? Why are they going to use the product? How are they going to use it? And this goes back to the customer service, the customer experience and the passion around the consumer industry of if you kind of put yourself in their shoes. Right now on a podcast, I'm sitting here and I you know, took the Can I Boost a little while ago. You know, I'm going to go. be in the middle of, I'm having jeans. I'm going to have it in my purse. I'm going to have it in my bag. I'm going to have it in my backpack. That's that moment of I need an alternative caffeine. I need a little boost. I need a little pick-me-up. You know, the professional hockey players take it just before going on the ice, you know, the people paddling out in the lake are kind of taking it just before going or while they're out there. That on the go, I want it now environment that we all live in. Let's develop products that are designed at that moment. Not how do I find a mirror and it's not too discreet. What the hell am I doing and dribbling down here and wasting the product? That's, that's not so cool. No, no. A messy situation. So you have the spray, which is already like an incredible differentiator. How do you stay ahead of thousands of CBD brands that are starting to pop up. How do you approach that? How do you deal with that? Yeah. You know, I'm going to take us back to something I mentioned earlier because it's super important. I'm glad you asked it. It's about the science. How do you ensure things work? How does the product work? And as much as you know, I said earlier in the discussion, it's not so much about CBD. CBD is a key ingredient for sure, but it's not the be-all and end-all. CBD plus, in our case, we really focus on what other active ingredients are embedded inside those forms. So back to our science, back to the product development, back to the labs. So when we launched our Can I Boost product line, that product also has other ingredients, B12, caffeine, all kinds of other good ingredients. There are 12 or 15 products, ingredients in each of these. What's the smell? What's the aroma? What's the flavoring? All that becomes important because that's part of the experience. Most of these companies came out of the THC winners where the product actually didn't taste great. The oil didn't taste great. Let's make someone say that's going to be a good experience overall. Look at our Can I Sleep line. Last year in the US, the sleep supplement industry was $850 million. $850 million in sleep supplements. Nothing to do with THC, nothing to do with CBD. When you think about that, and if we want to be in that space, the melatonin space is where you want to be. That's where that 850 number comes from. Why don't we take some melatonin, 5-HTP, cramp bark, all kinds of other good stuff, mix it together with the cannabinoids from our CBD product line and have a mix of these things together in our Can I Sleep formula. And then we know. So our Can I Sleep has always had melatonin, have 5-HTP, have all kinds of other good stuff. Ashwagandha in our fresh product line help with anxiety reduction. It's not just the CBD. That's been a big part of what we've been able to do. So the innovation comes from the ingredients working better together rather than say, hey, it's CBD and some MCD oil and a sticker and a brand. Quality will win the day. Let's make sure it actually delivers what it's supposed to do. Let's make sure it works. Let's let the customers tell us it works. Adding all the different ingredients to one CBD product already, I feel like you're doing more than most CBD companies out there. Is there any kind of special FDA regulatory thing that you have to navigate because of that? Any regulatory issues with CBD as a whole? It's a new, it's a new substance that is like you know just gaining traction now. I know things are getting better, but what kind of roadblocks do you deal with? We'll be into our fourth podcast discussion, talk about the uh, regulatory challenges. So 
keep, keep, keep that at the forefront. But let's talk with it for a while because it's uh, it is a challenge and it, it, it's one we all struggle with. To the premise of your basic question, the FDA and the food products were really focused on quality. One of the principles of our quality manufacturing is ensure that the facility is FDA approved. It's an FDA approved facility. So kind of the old Gretzky analogy, let's go where the industry is going, not where it is. So it's not about pumping out oil in the back of a basement or a farm or wherever. That's a space. It's not the space where we're going to be in the long haul. Let's make sure we're in you know GMP facilities that have the good manufacturing processing embedded in the culture of the operations. Because as the industry matures and we move further into retail and grocery stores and convenience and further deregulation allows the products to be more broadly available across America and internationally, we're going to be much more of a consumer product that a company like Procter & Gamble is interested, that Unilever, that the sporting companies, the wellness companies, the pharmaceutical companies will be moving into as deregulation allows. So let's have that ingrained at the start. It's pretty hard to pivot a business. It's pretty hard to be built for acquisition, be built for long-term growth if you don't have the fundamentals at the outset. So good, solid partners, ecosystem, a supply chain, quality embedded day one, fully compliant. Every single SKU has always been tested in advance of ever going to market every SKU. We build in our packaging QR codes that go direct to the certificate of analysis that describe every ingredient, everything that's inside that product. Let's do that at the outset. And now the industry that's becoming a little bit more, we did that at start. And you go to our website, you go to e-commerce, you will see every one of those front and center because we believe in transparency and quality. That's super important. So the the regulatory reforms of manufacturing are super important. And uh, that's an ever-changing game. We could spend, as I said, hours and hours talking about the banking side of this, the corporate side of it, the challenges that we face, but on a consumer-facing view, let's make sure we're great at everything we're trying to do. I feel like only in the past year have we really seen QR codes popping up on products. And it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, think about how uh, over the years people are looking at you know nutrition facts, like seeing all these different products without being able to make sense of it or understanding it, even if you don't understand it and it is uh, understanding an ingredient and it is something like really, really, really beneficial, having those tools to be able to like pop it up and be like, oh, here's what this is. Here's how much is in it. Here's why it's great. Here's where it comes from. Invaluable. Love it. Yeah. You know what, Matt, it goes back to something you asked earlier about education. Why hide? Why not lead with information? Why not lead with education? You know, back to let's put ourselves in the shoe of the customer. When do they buy? Why do they buy? Where do they buy? How do they buy? How do they engage? E-commerce, online, point of sale, those things overlap as brands and products mature. So if you think of kind of at that moment of truth and you're walking down the aisle and you kind of have a product in your hand, everyone's got the phone, everyone's got the device. Why not just tap, tap, tap and hold it up and there's all the information you need on the product, on the ingredients, on the brand, on who's using it, on product reviews and otherwise let's let's guide them to a making an informed decision that they'll be able to make and let's help them to make it. That you know layers into even the names of the brands. Can I sleep? When you see it on a shelf, it becomes self-evident. Oh, that's going to help me sleep. Well, yeah, that's right. Can I sleep? Might help you sleep. That's good. Can I boost? Yeah. And then you see the rest of the information, the packaging, the labeling with information that talks about how you'll have a good sleep. How will it be good for you? How will it help you with energy? How will it help with pain? How will it help with anxiety? Or then education aspect that we have to do in the QR codes and ingredients mix are super, super important. Having people understand is the first hurdle. You seem to have that nailed down. People being able to interact with it, I guess, getting harder with uh, COVID and just how people experience different products. Digital marketing, where does that where does that live in the ecosystem of you getting your product 
two people. You know, you mentioned you're trying to get into retail locations, but how do you position your digital marketing or digital sales? Where does that fit into Canada Brands? Digital marketing in this industry is super important. How do you create awareness, visibility, engagement? When people go to Google, how do you be found through SEO? You know, when people are typing in sleep solutions or sleep pain, those sort of things, how do you be found? So digital marketing starts at that moment. We put ourselves in, what are you typing into the keywords? And digital marketing starts with, how do you pull people in? When you come to the website, what's the engagement? What's the information? Digital marketing to generate new awareness is, you know, where most people love to talk about. In the consumer package industry group, it's forefront. Every aspect of cross-sell, resell, retargeting, paid placements, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, how do you create awareness? We're in a challenging industry. Most of that's not allowed because of the credit card processing, because of the Facebook, Instagram, paid ads are not allowed. We cannot do paid ads. There's some you know, workarounds people try, generally don't work out for too long. So you can't do any of that. And that becomes a challenge to carry awareness. We've done lots of work with ambassadors, influencers, people from Big Brother, Bachelor Nation, those sort of things to create awareness and visibility. And that helps. But really, if you're going to have empathy involved, authentic individuals, people are going to more look to Dara. You're going to more look to some of our sports trainers, conditioners. Justin Rothlingshoffer has been on a whole bunch of documentaries. He was on a documentary on ESPN, TSN, a 50-minute documentary talking about the problems with pain in professional sports, generally in the hockey world. A whole bunch of professional hockey players were talking about the opioids and crisis, what's happening to their liver, to their kidneys, to their lifestyle, to their fam- family, and Justin talked about alternatives that are not so much about pitching Canada brands, but raising the elevation that there are safe, trusted alternatives. So you have to find nice workarounds. Maybe you have to talk to like Ready Eddie and get on a podcast and raise the elevation and do good cool go. conversations. Yes, to bring forward the opportunity because you can't do those placed ads. You can't do digital marketing to the extent that we'd like. Even retargeting that we would see with most consumer marketing just is extremely limited. So you got to get creative. And then as a small company, we're always light on budget, light on dollars, trying to grow, keep profitable, put the money into product development, creating jobs and opportunities and developing great products. So it's a whole bunch of juggling balls that we have to try to manage any given day. It seems kind of like guerrilla marketing is the key. I mean, some form of it, at least, you know, referrals, things like that. Is there anything in particular that's worked? That seems like such a broad realm of marketing where it really can't be anything. It really depends on on the products. Have you had any roadblocks or successes specifically with that? Yeah, we, we sure have. No, no lack of good wins and good challenges. Uh, struck out swinging a few times. You can use any analogy you want. You know, frankly, we the authenticity is so important that you have to be real. The world has moved away from, you know, quote unquote, the Instagram models walking on the beach. You know, that's a market, that's a space, generally not us. Uh, I think consumers see past that. Oh, these paid people hold up product, show something. Oh, I love it. Try it. Here's 20% off discount code. We've done that and we'll continue to do that. And it's a small piece of the industry, but it's important to create visibility and awareness. What we're thrilled about, we've done that with some influencers that I mentioned a little while ago from TV shows like The Bachelor and Big Brother. One of them, an individual by the name of Chase, we did the usual, like everyone else paid him some money to try the products. And every person we engage in, try the products first. We don't want you to say one word when anything, if you don't like the product. Try it, use it for a while, give it to your friends and family. He did his paid posts. He did his gig. Well, guess what? He keeps calling us back. <laughs> he loves it. He's got his friends using it, his buddies using it. He's got a couple hundred thousand followers out there. And he does his own posts just for fun because he likes it. That's what we're looking for. 
That's the moment of truth. It's not about, hey, made a couple bucks, hold the product up, do the smiley face, the industry's moved. We want people like that. You know, we want people like Dara coming on a podcast, a show, a TV, doing a keynote speech. Talk about how it's changed her life. Talk about how she's using it. Talk about how her friends and family are using it. Talk about the impact it's having for her. That's what you know, most importantly, it's about our customers. You know, our customer satisfaction numbers are just through the roof. I don't know. Every day I expect they're going to drop because it's just the numbers game, but it's just unbelievable customer satisfaction. When we reach out and talk to our customers, that's why we're here. They tell us these things change their life. I had a call with them. Um, you do outreach to, you know, high value customers, frequent customers, different customers. I reach out, send some personal emails to them and offer a conversation. Because I want their input. I want their feedback. What do you like? What don't you like? What would you do better? What do you think we should do next? And customers tell you. They tell you what you like and what they don't like. I was talking to uh, just an amazing couple in Boston. And they, they had so much to tell us. They just wouldn't stop. Eric and Julie. He's a EMS driver, ambulance, firefighter. She's been in the career world all along. They've bought products together as a couple over 25 times. 25 purchases. When I got them on a the phone, they couldn't stop talking about how thrilled they are, how much they like that, lots of good suggestions. That's what gets you excited. Having an opportunity here from our customers is kind of what we live for day in and day out. And I think that's what's going to win the day in the long haul. Quality not from marketing, quality not from Dara, not from Chase, not from Chris. Who cares? It's customers. And if you have a product that works and they come back 25 times and can't get to get off the phone saying how great it is and how much they're happy with it, they invited me out in their boat out in Boston to go to the harbor and hang out with them for the weekend. I'd love to do that. You know, that's what we're here. I had the same discussion with another customer in LA, another customer in New Orleans not too long ago. That's what gets us jazzed up. That's what we want to have. And that's the quality customer satisfaction scores that we get that are just, you know, through the roof. They love it. At the end of the day, you're not making products just for you. You're making products for people to use and enjoy. So if they're telling you that they want this thing or they're saying that you're just knocking it out of the park, then you know that you're onto something. You just keep on doing that thing. Maybe make some tweaks, some suggestions. Yeah. You know, you got to listen to the customer. I mean, it's just basic table stake. You learn that in business school the first week. Listen to your customer. You know, <laughs> no shit. You know, that's that's important. <laughs> it, it's just so valid to get that moment of truth. Your customer, they also tell you what's broken, not right. You got to do this, change that. It would be better if that's perfect. That's what we want. Tell us more. You know, as an example, we launched our Can I Mend Creams? And we were a THC company originally, and we kind of followed all the child packaging safety and our products were coming in a nice box in a glass jar. Good for the bedside table, good for the vanity. But then we kind of really listened to our customer, think about the brand promise. And you know what? Our customers are on the go. They don't want the glass jar. It's not a beauty cream. It's a pain relief. They want it to be in their locker room, bounce on the floor, the bottom of the kayak, in the bike, back of the car, in the gym, whatever the heck it's going to be when they're looking for relief for pain, soreness, inflammation. So with the insight of this self-reflection and lots of customers, you know, why don't you come up with a different form? Well, guess what? We listened to them. And then we launched our Can I Men product line in a tube, three ounce tube and a thing. You can throw it around the floor. You can throw it to your buddies. You can do almost whatever you want with the damn thing. And it's not going to break. It's not going to fall. And it's designed to be used for the on-the-go customer. That's through the voice of the customer. You mentioned you were a THC company originally. I feel like that's a completely different realm of cannabis. What made you switch from a THC company to yeah. a CBD? Good question. I told you you got some gray hairs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> earned them. You know, our team of 
you know, just so thrilled to have smart people working on our, on our team, partners, suppliers, leaders in our marketing team, science team, formulation. When we started our business, we really doubled down in the THC space. That's where we were going. That's where we were. We actually spent a ton of time in California looking at the best. We want to develop our brands in the biggest market, probably most advanced market at the time, the THC California, two years ago. Excited. We actually bought two companies in California that had licenses and brands, some interesting products and people started to build out common operations facilities and fundamentally came to the promise point of our life as a company that said, if you're going to be really good, be good at one or the other, not both. Given the regulatory restrictions, the challenges, the capital needs, the THC space is a great industry, no doubt about it. But we made a pivot point decision. If you're going to be a wellness company, sports, fitness, and wellness brand, and on the go, providing an ability to nationally support customers without state-based borders and boundaries that require you to manufacture, grow, cultivate in every state that you're operating in would have required tens of millions of dollars of capital to kind of move across a few state lines. We didn't have the money and it wasn't really aligned to our brand promise. Most of the products we were doing at the time were smokable products, vape pens. Vape pens, just ahead of the vape crisis that hit the industry a little while ago, Again, it's an interesting industry. It's a good business. It just wasn't aligned to our brand promise of safe, healthy, long-term solutions for wellness-oriented consumers. We did, did the pivot point to say, let's be great. Let's be a CBD company in terms of where we branded. Right? I guess, as I mentioned, try to move away from the CBD to really be a sports, fitness, and wellness consumer package. It's company helping customers with problems throughout the day. CBD is part of it, but so is melatonin. So is ashwagandha. So is caffeine. So is... B12, these things working together. So as we distance from THC, that took a lot of handcuffs off for regulatory capital constraints, supply chain management, uh, profitability, et cetera. And that allowed you to be what's most important to us was direct to consumer. Challenge of the THC industry is you, you lose your customer voice pretty quick because you're sitting, you're developing products, you're delivering through a supply chain, you're putting them on a store that you're probably not going to own and operate. So you'll lose the voice of the customer quick. When you're an e-commerce company, you know the moment of truth to the customer every minute. We know their history. We know where they are with what they bought. We could reach out to them. We can remarket to them. We can engage them in thought leadership and consulting to make us better. I mean, see that nationally. We build a lot of analytics platforms and AI platforms that really allowed us to look at our customer across the U.S. versus one state. And brands like Can I Sleep, Can I Boost, Can I Mend, Can I Fresh go across borders. They go across international borders. Those brands, Can I Sleep, help with global problems. And I think in the long run, the decision points we made were somewhat painful. You know, learn quick, fail quick, be smart, be, you know, thinking the long game. Any of those analogies are very true to our learnings as a business. You know, I stubbed our toes for sure. We learned a lot. The people we work with were good people in a good space. We all made a you know, conscious decision to say, let's go long in this industry, not short. And those companies are going to be uh, very successful in the industry that they're in. And we're going to be hopefully very successful in helping wellness customers help with global problems in the long haul. I feel like the big advantage too of that switch is you have had a chance to, it's just more timely. For when you guys got your start and where you were, the THC industry, I mean, you said it yourself, like there's these impossible situations where you just couldn't do X, Y, or Z versus CBD industry, which is a little bit more familiar, a little less consequential in regulatory ways, even in and of itself. So you can develop your products way further versus having to like wait for something to happen where you can actually market a new SKU. You're absolutely right. And I think you know another aspect of that is really thinking about 
some of those fundamentals. You know, where does a customer buy? And the online and bricks and mortar, the integration of those brands developed by the integration of them, not just e-commerce sales, not just bricks and mortar and the integration of them. Part of being in the e-commerce business is then we can leverage that platform both for consumers as well as retailers, small retailers, the mom and pops, the spas, the medical clinics, the fitness gyms. We've had tremendous success moving into the next level of providing products as new revenue streams for them to support a common customer because they're dealing with pain, energy, sleep, anxiety, et cetera, day in and day out. We've developed some interesting hybrid models where with those you know, sporting clubs, fitness clubs, medical clinics, et cetera, we'll have some of our best sellers available for in-sale, in that retail brick and mortar, touch the product, see the product, digital marketing signs up, another use of those QR codes, come to our website, use a discount code. The club gets a percent of sales, no investment, no inventory, no upfront costs. They drive eyeballs and customers to our site. They use that site-specific code. We will then give that consumer a discount for their coming to the business and we'll help refund back some of the sales back to that sporting club gym. We've had a great success with a fitness group called Metabolic Fitness, just an outstanding organization. They operate 15 different sports clubs. You go into there, some of those bestsellers are there. Fitness people working out in a great organization like that can then look and say, hey, there's other products available online and allow the best of both worlds. We get some online, we'll ship them direct to the house. We'll also ship them to the fitness club, gym, spa, et cetera, et cetera keep their cash flow down and help their customers with uh, great solutions. That's like the perfect synergy. You're in a place where that's where your demographic is. People who are looking to improve and kind of, they're not trying to find an edge. It's be healthy. So that's, that's perfect. Our tagline feel amazing. There you go. You got it right. That's so that goes across everything at the end of the day. That's what we want. We want to live our lives. We want to have the opportunity to be successful, you know, back to the, can I, can I get my kids off to school? Can I sleep? Can I prepare dinner? Can I get a break? Can I score? Can I do this? Can I do that? It's all about feel amazing and taking, helping our customers be successful in the journey that they're on. That's incredible. Can I feel amazing? Yes, you can. We'll help you. Look at that. On brand now, aren't you, Matt? Love it. Yeah, I'm trying. Oh man. It looks like we are short on time here, but I want to ask you a couple more questions. First, what are some of the biggest mistakes you made in building Canabrands? Thankfully, with a good team, good people around us, I would say big mistakes as a team, you know, myself included, are more, I would call them fast learnings. You know, the THC discussion is certainly one. I wouldn't say big mistakes. I would say organize conscious bets. Be very smart about what you're doing. Our THC experience was super important to us. I don't regret it. I don't think it was a mistake. I think it was really important to us as the industry was evolving and moving. We got a lot of it. I think the mistake would have been of not making the decisions our team made. You know, I think about mistakes that we've made on supply chain, on partners, on industry. Those are all, it's the nature of the industry sometimes, you know, you know, mistakes of, did you get the price point right? Well, let's adjust it. Let's bring down our prices. Let's reduce our prices. Let's be competitive. Are they mistakes? Those are just smart things to do based on guiding our customer to a good moment of truth. You know, mistakes on, was it the right language, the right story, the right explanation? That, it's learning, it's evolution, it's early stage. If you're not trying, you're not screwing up, you're not pushing hard, you're not innovating, then you're not going to be here. So it's about fast learnings, quick wins, measure, lots of analytics. We think we've built an analytical platform through everything we're doing to say, let's have that pulse of the customer. 
product skews, inventory, back to the change the ingredients, change the mix. We're on the cusp of rolling out some pretty exciting things that are going to take us in a new direction. And it's based on the learnings. It's not about yesterday was horrible and tomorrow was great. It's well, let's learn from that and let's be better together in the long run. It's fundamental. Document everything. I mean, you, you can't know how you're doing or where you are unless you have some kind of baseline. And to your credit, I feel like having started a THC company prior to 2018 or around that time, any, any time prior, is like really building a company on hard mode too. If you hit it right, it'll take you far. But the calculated bets, what you were saying, I feel like that's so on point with those types of products because there's no promise of what you can do versus a THC, you tried it on hard mode and it primed you for success, it seems, with CBD products. You know, one of my biggest learnings is the minute you think you got it figured out, you're wrong. I don't know if I say that shit happens, you know, it just happens. Bad things happen to good people, good teams, good products. The minute you think you're stable, the minute you think everything's rocking and rolling, you're going to get a call. I'll share an experience with you. 12 months ago, we got a call because our credit card processor ran their payments through the UK and melatonin's in our number one seller, Can I Sleep? They said, you're done. Can't sell Can I Sleep. All the brands had to come down, all their packaging, everything off e-commerce I overnight had to go out. That meant we had to change credit card posters, not the credit card company Visa MasterCard, but the, you know, the fiduciary uh, company behind the scenes running the payments back and forth between the banks and the credit card. We were without our best seller for six weeks. That's a problem for a brand or a customer. Worked through it, got a new credit card company, new processing company, get it all up and running, and on you go. That's what just happens. We think we're through it. Shockingly, the next big storm hit us here two weeks ago. In an industry, we think we're stable. We think the regulatory world is there. A care chief technology officer on a leadership team meeting said, Chris and team, I think we got a problem. I just got this email from our e-commerce company, Spotify, which we moved to from another one, thinking they're the world-class best out there. And they said, you're dead. We're shutting you down. There's nothing happening here. Based on where your company is registered out of Delaware, your website is gone. We had two minutes. Never again have we seen our website. Never again have we seen our e-commerce platform that took all the content, all the creative, all of the backups, everything. Literally two minutes from the time we got the email to the time the site was turned off. Done. It's now been three weeks. And thank goodness we've got an amazing team of people who are working to get, uh, as we say, Humpty Dumpty back on the wall again and minimize the impact to our customers. Having the ability to learn, fail, try, good people doing good things blessed to have that on our team and helping our customers be successful uh, is what we're all about. I'm glad you could land on your two feet. The same friggin' thing happened to us and we don't even sell CBD products, but because we worked with CBD companies in like, you know, a, a pretty surface level capacity, even we, they were just like, Nope, you're done. And the way they do is the worst. They just basically stonewall you shut it down. If you have any open invoices, you have to manually go back and ask people. It's kind of a nightmare. It's kind of criminal. Like there's no support to help you. Like it's fine. I get it. Regulations understood, but there's no support on their end. And it's terrible. Let's just say Shopify are not getting a holiday card for me or anybody I know. Great company. <laughs> They're off my list. That's for sure. But you know, that's the nature. So the learning, just like you're learning and we're all learning, is how do you move? How do you bob and weave? How do you navigate through that? The minute we think we've got it figured out, we don't. And there will be new problems, new challenges, new opportunities. And with the regulatory changes 
We're blessed to have good people, analytics, insight, technology, ecosystem that's great partners and together with, you know, where we're going is helping our customers and just stay focused on the customer. We're going to continue to evolve and ebb and flow and bring great brands to those customers. Oh yeah. And plus it's like going to the gym, a little resistance just makes you stronger, right? It doesn't kill you. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You said it. So last question here before I let you go, what advice would you give someone who wanted to start a business? Do it. First of all, you know, one of my opportunities is, you know, do you leave the corporate world? Good learnings, big teams, hundreds of people on your team, thousands of people on your team. One of the zones, I'm helping all these, you know, you got to do it. You don't want to regret it. Try it. Be it wise about it. Be it smart about it. Do your homework. Do your research. Build a team. You got to have the team. You got to have the people working with you. You got to have people you know, people you don't know, people you trust, people that are going to come to the team. Create the right environment to learn together as a group. I'm pretty pig-headed as an individual generally, but you got to say, you know what? We got to be better together. We got to be smarter together. Hire people that you don't have diverse opinions of every aspect have people that you're not close to test your idea build it start small but but do it don't leave it in the bag don't leave it in the places hey i wonder if i should have i could have had that idea remember i had that idea <laughs> that's know? the worst Honey, Parker, kids oh that was my idea <laughs> what you do nothing <laughs> okay well, try it you know take some risks educated risks Try to have fun with it. You know, when Shopify calls you and say you're dead, you know, swallow hard, move on and right back at it. You know, what else can you do? You know, you can't complain. You can't pound your table. You can't punch somebody in the head as much as you want to. It's okay, team. What are we going to do? And if you got the good people around you, good things will happen. Yeah. And that's some life advice. That's what life is all about. Try things, experiencing things. An idea isn't worth anything if there's no uh, action to accompany it. Yeah, that's very true. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. For the listener who wants to find out more about Can I Brands, where should they head? I would head to www.canibrands.com. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. But come on in and uh, give us some feedback. Give your suggestions. Try our products. Uh, hope you like them. Yes, you can. <laughs> Thanks so much, Chris. Matt, thank you for having me. It's been a great discussion. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Hey, Ready Any Podcast listeners, if you enjoyed today's episode, then I would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Any Podcast. I'll catch you next week. Bye.